0: Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level the podcast formerly known as Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Uh, We are coming up on episode 600, just a couple of more weeks, and we will have been at this for six years and 600 episodes. And I got to tell you, it has been one of the greatest things I've ever done. It, It helped me a lot with my speaking career Uh, and now that I work in the executive search world it's been fun because I've been meeting some really really interesting business leaders Uh, we made the pivot to the new name of making waves at sea level on July 1st and listenership is actually going up so you'd think the term entrepreneurship being broad we'd get more listeners but once we went to making waves at sea level we start to see the uptick of listeners so that's a lesson when you can be uh, a little more focused you will get more eyeballs so uh, just something to be thinking of. So today we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk to the CEO of Mobiquity. So John Castleman has been a CEO a couple of times. He likes to build businesses. And that gets me excited. When I ask somebody what do you like to do and that's their answer It makes me really, really happy. So he works for a company called Mobiquity, and he's been with them about four years. Uh, They've been around a little bit longer than that. He came in in the CEO role. Uh, Last year, they sold the company. They have a new parent company, but they are still going strong and growing. They have about 800 people around the world. He told me that they have people doing business on six of the seven continents. So my assumption is there's just no Mobiquity in Antarctica. That was my guess. I mean, he didn't tell me which continent, but that was going to be my guess that they're not quite to Antarctica. But uh, if there was business there, John would find a way to do it. So they are a digital consulting firm, and I'm going to have him tell us a little bit more about what they do and why they're so awesome. Hey, John Castleman, welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Great. Thanks, Tom. Good to be with you today. Uh, Glad to have you. So tell tell us about Mobiquity.
1: Yeah, so we're we're a digital consulting firm and, and digital is obviously a, a term that gets tossed around extremely liberally these days. Uh, but I'll take you back to when Mobiquity was founded almost 10 years ago. And, and the founders were really smart, smarter than me. And they said, hey, you know, this mobile thing is gonna be big, uh, hence the name Mobiquity. And they they had the foresight to say, we're gonna put together a, a new kind of consulting firm that has a combination of uh, business consultants, um, technical people, engineers, architects, and the like, as well as creative design user experience people, um, and put all those people under one roof uh, on a level playing field. Um, and we're gonna go help you know our clients realize the opportunity that's in front of them with mobile technologies, and ultimately sort of all things digital. And so, you know, fast forward today, the company's grown from, from just a handful of people back in 2012 to about 800 people. And, and yes, we are, we are doing work for clients on six different continents, which is pretty cool. Uh, and we help our clients with everything from, you know, launching a new digital bank uh, to helping one of our pharmaceutical companies um, launch the first FDA-approved digital medicine. Uh, which was really, you know, a real highlight for our organization, Uh, to helping uh, butterball turkey with a a voice Alexa skill for, you know, people to call in because their hands are in the middle of a turkey at Thanksgiving (laughs) to
0: say, how long do I cook the turkey? (laughs) That's right. Uh, Do do I take the plastic bag out of the cavity? Yes, you do. Yes.
1: So, but, you know, the, the common theme is, you know, how do you use, um, you know, all these new capabilities uh, to, you know, dramatically improve the experience for the customer, employee, patient, whatever it may be. And we, we like to say, you know, we're, we're, we're all about sort of taking friction uh, out of the experience so that uh, the, the people on our, within our client organizations uh, can do the magic stuff that they do that that makes the experience even better. Uh, but let's let's make it really easy to connect with that end customer, that patient, employee, whatever it may be, student, um, and then and let then let the 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 product or service of our client organizations you know really shine.
0: So you've been there about four years. What are some of the changes uh, that have happened since you got there? How, how have you made waves with Mobiquity?
1: Well, I, you know, I I try to stay out of the way. Um, I'm not a technologist. I'm not a you know. I'm, I'm really just, as you said, a person who likes to build businesses. So it was really all about you know bringing people together um, and and thinking through. Originally, the the focus was really just mobile, and so when I came on board, I said, Hey, I think there's a broader opportunity for us as a company, um, and so that's when we really expanded into you know really doing everything web, mobile. Um, uh, uh, voice, uh, you know, we were one of the early companies, um, you know, working with Amazon and Alexa uh, to, to bring those skills to market. Uh, so really any interface where there's a digital interface with the end customer, we've sort of broadened into that. And so um, that's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we, we, we get to work with some of the best known companies in the world, Uh, And as I said, uh, you know, I like to brag about our our teams a lot because they've really done some interesting work. And, um, you know, we were uh, we were in the Middle East launching a digital bank uh, last November. I think it was that was one of my last overseas trips. Um, And as I said earlier, I guess it's now a couple years prior that uh, one of our big clients got FDA approval for the first digital medicine. So those are a couple neat things that we've done.
0: Well, and, and you talk about wanting to sort of brag on your people. Uh, every time I talk to sort of a great CEO, they always say it's not them. It's, it's it's the people who they they work with. So let's talk for a minute about finding great people because it's not easy.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think there's all the basic stuff, right? Um, you know, you you really need to build an organization that um, smart people and talented people attract other ones. And so, you know, we we bring in a lot of people that come through our people. Uh, And that means, you know, what my job is, is to create a platform, um, an organization where people are comfortable doing their work. Um, You know, we are an extremely diverse organization. Uh, One of our largest offices is in Amsterdam and in Amsterdam alone, we have more than 30 different nationalities Mm. uh, working together uh, in that office. And so, um, you know, that's one of the sort of the key things at Mobiquity. We like really smart people. We like really creative people. And we like people who like to collaborate. And that was probably the biggest thing that I pushed on. I don't know that I would say changed it, but really pushed on when I got to Mobiquity was I, I traveled around the world meeting our people. And I'm, you know, in the sort of lucky position to be able to do that. And it became obvious to me really quickly that we weren't leveraging Enough of the knowledge across that diverse skill set of skills, and so we created a bunch of programs internally to drive that collaboration. And, and I think that, in turn, got our people excited, where they started reaching out to their networks to say, "Hey, you ought to come on over. We're having a lot of fun here. We're doing really interesting work. We've got really cool people." Um, and and that's how you get really good people. It's not you know me going out and saying, "Hey, hmm. you know, wave my arms and say you should come work here." Um, it's it's uh, let 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 the rest of the organization do that, and uh, you know create a platform to make it happen.
0: So collaboration is is so much the key, and when you can take diversity, and and diversity can mean lots of different things. But when you can take that diversity from people of different countries, different nationalities, different ethnic backgrounds, different experience, different types of education, and when you can get all those people to come and collaborate. All the studies show that that brings companies more success. I mean, there's not a study out there that counters that. And yet, a lot of companies don't embrace it the way you have. So why do you think some companies just don't collaborate, don't embrace diversity as much as they should, since since we know it helps? Yeah, you know, it's – yeah, I mean,
1: it's obviously – it's a really tough question. And and there were some things when I got to Mobiquity it was, you know, quite different from the company I was running before. Um but the pieces were there. And and I guess what we did is we said, hey, you know, we've got a, a bunch of different people here. Let's let's just use that as a strength and let's really push it as much as we can. We're certainly not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we should have more diversity at, at multiple levels in the organization and all sorts of stuff. Um, so we know we can be better than what we are, but we clearly, uh, and I give a lot of credit to Paul who runs our, our European uh, office, um, and Amsterdam within that of, you know, he, he trumpeted this early on and we just sort of just amplified it. Um, so I, I don't know why other companies do it. It's, you know, I think you know, we were in a position where we just, we were attracting talent from around the world. It was a way for people from other countries to sort of get to Europe and come through Amsterdam. And so I think we were sort of in the right place at the right time. So probably a little bit of luck and a little bit of, hey, let's push it. And that's what's enabled us to get to where we are.
0: So you've been doing this CEO job for four years here, several years with a couple of other companies. What do you like about being that that leader of a company? What What's the part that jazzes you up?
1: Well, the, the, the best part, um, really, two things is it's really fun to go out and meet with clients. Um, that's 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 a lot of fun. And then the other part is it's really fun to you know go out and see what our people do um, and help them celebrate the work that they do. Uh, and so I've been fortunate. My head of human resources uh, was with me at my last company came here as well, and um, we have a few things that we've done the same at both, uh, but ultimately, it's about rewarding and recognizing talent and 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 doing that in creative ways. Um, that's the most fun thing, and, and we have a couple things that I've borrowed from companies over the years. Um, we have something where we give out digital first awards, and um, the way we do it, this is sort of our highest Sort of honor that we give out, um, but it's a surprise. And our people, we make a video about the winner, uh, and we'll videotape different colleagues of theirs talking about the great things that this person did. Um, and then we'll bring people into a room and we'll say, "Hey, you know, we're we're in the Boston office today, and uh, can everybody give us a few minutes?" And we'll hit the video. And, you know, my head of HR says, if we get tears, we've done it right. <laughs> um, and so it's pretty cool. And and there's a, some money that goes with it as well. But the biggest thing is people can take that home and say, this is what my company thought of me.
0: And, you know, the, the pride that they have, uh, is it's, it's cool to see. Nice. Nice. So a lot of people who listen to this show... They aren't necessarily in that C-suite right now, but they have their eyes on how do I grow my career? So what advice do you have for somebody who might be an up-and-comer who wants to lead a big organization or a division of an organization? Uh, What would you tell them to do?
1: You, You know, I think you usually get your first opportunity in something that might be a little messy, um and i would say go for it you know some people may be you know like oh that's risky or whatever and if it doesn't work out then i might be you know you know it might look badly or whatever and and i would say you know you know obviously you know do your homework but 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 then go for it because um you know usually they're not going to put you into that job you know they're always looking for somebody experienced right And so my first opportunity was a company that was getting carved out of another company. Um, And it was messy, to say Mm. the least. And, you know, Lehman Brothers went bankrupt the week later and after (laughs) we had launched. And, you know, we started this, you know, we went into the great, whatever it was, recession or whatever that was back in
0: 08. And, you you know, know, we, we look back at it. Boy, doesn't that look attractive now? Like the group, right, like, right, oh, oh eight, right. no nine. I I would yeah, kill no, to have oh eight, and no, nine back.
1: You know, come on, right, right, right. So, you know, it always looks really hard, really daunting. Um, but uh, you know, I think those messy situations can often you know create the best opportunity. So, so you know, don't don't be afraid, and you know, just give it give it a shot.
0: So, I spend a lot of time working with clients and companies talking about sort of how do you get you know, people to sort of excel. I did a whole study on the gap between potential and performance. And most people out there think they have more potential than they're actually realizing. As someone who's been a leader of teams for a long time, how do you think people get from having that innate potential to really achieving results when so many other people just get stuck in that abyss?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the most important things that you can do as a leader in an organization is you constantly have to be looking for somebody who, you know, is underutilized, is is clearly better than what they're doing at that particular moment. And so when you come into an organization and you're, you know, or if you've just been promoted or whatever, you know, I think you need to go sort of take that inventory and get out and meet people and look around and, and with a fresh perspective. And for me, when I got to Mobiquity, you know, the company was in a lot of different offices scattered all over the place. And this was when we could still travel. And so, you know, I went around a typical new CEO thing and, you know, you meet people. Um, and then, you know, you, you need to let that percolate a bit. You need to see what people are doing and, you know, where the opportunities are. But gradually over time, um, you know, I think you have to find, you know, those, those, those talented people um, and then give them autonomy and room to run and bigger challenges um, and they'll rise up to it. Um, and you know, it's, that's the most important thing a leader can do, I think, especially in our business, which is a completely a people business. We have no product. We have no factory. We got nothing. We got people. Uh, and so every day we need to be thinking about, um, you know,
0: how do you challenge folks? So what are the stumbling blocks that hold most people back then? I mean, what, what you, you have to have seen some people with potential just fail,
1: yeah, I you know I, I certainly there there are people who don't work well with other people. They're incredibly talented. Um, we we have it, you know, in the services world, it 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 happens where you have somebody who the clients love. Uh, they love the person because they are they are super talented and super smart. Um, but unfortunately, that person doesn't play well in the sandbox. Uh, and, you know, we talk a lot about within Mobiquity, you know, this is a team effort and everybody says that and all the rest, but because we, we try to bring a, a team of different skilled people to the table, it really is a team effort. Uh, we really need the designer to be working well with the architect, really working well with the DevOps person, really working well with the business consultant to help our clients create the best digital experience. And so if you don't want to work well with other people and you can't sort of drop your ego down just a little bit, we all have them, but just, you know, occasionally put it in the back seat, then it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. You know, you can, we certainly have some situations where it can be a sole, sole practitioner can go in and do their thing. And, you know, but, but if you're going to want to really rise up in the organization, you better be good at collaborating. Because if you, if you aren't, it's pretty tough and and i think more and more these days now that i i've been working for more than many more than 20 years it's a lot different than 25 years ago you oh, know yeah. that that sort of behavior was much more tolerated back then and these days no, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to work with that.
0: Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I worked with several jerks in my day and they've all learned how not to be jerks. <laughs> they've learned all learned how not to be jerks or they went out and started their own business because they didn't survive yeah. if they were that right. way. Right. All right. So we made a joke about, God, I wish I could have 2008 and 2009 back. But it's true. I mean, you know, we I, I actually started my speaking career in two thousand nine and people are like, How did you do it? And I said, Well, it's because everybody was knocked off and associations and companies were guarding their money and I was cheap, I was new. But starting a speaking business today would be harder because there's no events, there's no live events. At least back then people were still holding events, so I was able to kind of wiggle my way in and and launch a business in two thousand nine and, and I had a great eleven year run with it. How has COVID impacted your company, your people? What what have you guys had to do to pivot?
1: Yeah, so so for us, um, we've been very fortunate. Uh, you know, the the digital world is still, in many ways, almost healthier. You know, it's we've seen at some of our clients an acceleration of a movement to obviously more e-commerce and more digital. You know, because actual physical touch is a problem, right? So, uh, but certainly um, one of our, we were working a very significant engagement um, in Africa. Uh, that country was hit really hard with the pandemic. Uh, the client had to stop um, and that was painful. Uh, and so, you know, we certainly felt the effects of that um, into, you know, the, the sort of the end of the second quarter beginning of the third quarter, but overall um, our business is still growing. Um, uh, working remotely was not a big deal. Everybody in our company, everything we have is all Wi-Fi in our offices. So people just pick up their laptop and go home. Um, you know, even in uh, India, you know, Europe, no problem here in the United States, you know. Uh, so we went remote really fast. Um, I was on vacation uh, with my father the last week of February, maybe first couple days of March. And. I was like, "This is not good." Mm-hmm. You know, we got to get everybody out of the office. And so, March eleventh, I had my last meeting in the office. Um, we we got people out pretty fast. I think we've been very fortunate. We've had a couple people um, uh, get it, uh, but are doing okay. Um, clients are doing fine. We we've had a couple clients in the travel hospitality space that obviously, you know, they stopped doing work. Uh, but we've had other clients accelerate and do more. Uh, so by and large, you know, we've done really well. We have not had to, uh, you know, make the really, really hard decisions to let people go and things like that. Um, our philosophy is that, you know, we're in a great space. This will end. Um, there are smart people all over the world who are going to solve this problem for us in the next, hopefully, days,
0: not months, <laughs> certainly not years. <laughs> Um, And so (laughs) from from your lip, from your lips to God's ears, days would be awesome.
1: Yeah. So we're very confident that um, we we want all our people. Uh, We're actually hiring. Uh, So um, we we've uh, we've been just doing the last sort of couple months. We've started hiring again. And, uh, you know, we think 2021 is going to be a good year.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you talk about sort of that first week of, of March. I think it was like March 9th is the day I, I call it the day the business died. I was speaking at yeah. a conference and I, I, I'm not sure I'd have to go look. I think it was like March 9th and I was at a three-day conference and I was on the opening panel and then I was doing kind of a closing yeah. thing on day three. And from the opening panel to the close on day three, yeah, I watched changed. I watched every event I was speaking at from March through the end of May, cancel or postpone. In like a forty-eight yeah. hour period, and it was going to be my greatest second quarter I'd ever had in eleven years. Right. And I right. just, I just joke with people. I go, "Yeah, the day the business died," um, and it's probably going to be a couple of years before meetings come back strong. So, you know, I think so, but but
1: but they will. I mean, there's going to be such. I mean, we can see it. There's such a pent up demand uh, for so many things, you for know, sure. that are they were restricted now, and so I mean, people desperately want to travel. People desperately want to go get together again. So I think it's going to just explode when we're allowed to sort of get back at it. I I think it's going to be come back much faster than you think.
0: Well, it's interesting because I I built my speaking career talking on how do you connect with people in a virtual world? Back 11 years ago, everybody was looking at all this mobile stuff and, and things and. Everybody thought that live events and human to human contact was going to change. And I just didn't believe I thought we were always going to be hungry to to have that network, to have those connections. And so I started speaking on these are great tools. I love all the mobile and digital tools, but that how do you really connect? What does human engagement really mean? And the last few years before covid, that topic had gotten soft. It always kind of rides the counter cyclical of the recession and the boom times when things are booming, people don't seem to care as much about that that human touch and their network. And as soon as like everyone's out of work, they realize the people getting jobs, it's because they have great networks. So all of a sudden that topic yeah. gets hot. So the one thing I am finding for like the little bit of virtual work I'm doing, everybody wants that topic. Like everybody wants to talk about how do we connect in a virtual world? Because yeah. even when we get back, people are hungry. We're gonna be more virtual than we were before, probably forever.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, it, it will be different. Um, but, I mean, one of the things I miss most is, you know, each fall, we would have a, a, a meeting with the top sort of leadership and different people in the organization, and we do this off-site. Um, and it was really my opportunity sort of in mid-November each year to sort of kick, start to kick off the new year, but really thank everybody mm-hmm. uh, for the, the year that we've just gone through. And and that's the thing I'm going to really miss. We're not doing that this year. Yeah, And And, and it's, there's no way you can replace that. And so as soon as we can, we will be doing that.
0: And I had a little niche. I emceed users conferences. And so like a lot of my customer and they would have me for two or three years. Right. Because it was like, they like the continuity and the energy. And Mm -hmm. I have a lot of clients who are like, oh my God, we miss our customers. We want to have the the annual meeting. We need to have the annual meeting. Right? Right. So they'll be back. Those are going to come back. They're going to come back fast. Yeah absolutely are. so john i have a couple of more questions for you before yeah, i let sure. you go but first i have to thank the sponsor of this episode so this episode like all of them is brought to you by podfly productions podfly they take the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast podfly sets you up with the right equipment training and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing They do all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves like John Castleman. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know, I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. And yes, I keep saying it. I need to call them and make that podfly.net slash making waves but as of now it's still slash cool things from cool things entrepreneurs do uh so check it out because they are a great partner to work with so john i used to call the show cool things entrepreneurs do what's the coolest thing that mobiquity is doing right now
1: Mm, good question um Let's see. You know, I, I would say we we have a client. Um, this is a client in Europe, uh, large bank. Uh, been a client for a while, and and when you think of a large bank, um, you know that doesn't scream entrepreneurial, innovative.
0: <laughs> no, I, I actually worked for Wells Fargo for a few years, so yeah,
1: yeah. No. So so, but they are really I, I, their approach to innovation. Uh, i think is terrific and and they have created with our help uh, we do it together uh, a a innovation hub uh where they have a very structured process for um, essentially taking new ideas testing those ideas then testing the market opportunity for all those ideas then testing a prototype solution to a problem for that market, and then ultimately scaling those into uh, new products or services and even companies. Uh, And so we've been working with them for for several years, Um, but this innovation flywheel that they've been driving now for a number of years, they're really starting to bring some cool stuff to market. And uh, it takes time, uh, but we just did an internal showcase uh recently uh just i guess it was last week and and this is where we we just are this is just our company our employees um and we showcased um one of the new innovations that uh that we're working on with them um and it's pretty neat you know they go through real sprints to say hey in 10 weeks we're going to stand up a prototype and there isn't any you know this is the amount of time and money that we're going to spend on it and we've got a combination of designers and consultants and architects and developers who are on that, that, that team. And, uh, and it's a sprint to get it done, but it's so cool to see what happens after those 10 weeks and, and see something come to life uh, that literally, you know just a, f- a few weeks ago, you it know, was just an idea.
0: That's kind of fun. So John, when you look at it, the world of business and you see other leaders, who do you admire? Who do you say, wow, she or he, they're making waves.
1: Ah, good, good, good question. I mean, you know, they're, they're obviously, you, you know, people, um, you know, you, you, see the companies out there and certainly, you know, we do work for Amazon. So they're, the uh, they're a client and, you know, Bezos has obviously done amazing things. Um, and Elon Musk, you know, he's, you know, no,
0: number number one answer list. in 600 yeah. episodes, yeah. Elon Musk. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, you know, the one that the person that um, I was just talking to somebody about this, about communications and communication style uh, that I really like um, is Buffett. And one of the things that I like about Buffett is the first thing, or very early on in his annual message to his shareholders, is he talks about all the things that he screwed up. Uh, and I think um, it's a real contrast to some of the big promoters of their own sort of you know whatever uh themselves is to really sort of stay humble and say hey look you know we're all you know we all make mistakes not everything we do is great um and uh you know i think that that helps you stay keep your feet on the ground
0: awesome no i think buffett buffett's awesome all right, so if somebody's listening to this and they want to find out more about Mobiquity or they need to know more about John Castleman, how do, how do they find you?
1: Uh, so our, our website is a good place to go, mobiquity.com. And uh, I'm on there as well. I'm on LinkedIn uh, and would love to connect and and either introduce you to our company as a place to come work uh, or if we can help you solve challenges, uh, we're eager to do that as well. And certainly if people are looking for um advice or anything like that on if you're stepping into a C-level role. Um, I do some of that in the Philadelphia area through the Ben Franklin Technology Partners and their Mentor Connect program, Uh, but also happy to uh, help anybody out. Uh, I know I had a lot of help along the way, so happy to get back.
0: Yeah, I think mentorship is, we talk about it a lot on the show. It is so important. And I had many, many mentors in all different facets of my career. Uh, As I move into the executive search world, the guy who is my boss, I have lunch with him every week. And he's been mentoring me to learn what I need to know, you know, about that business. And then I have a couple people who who I mentor along the way. And I I think that both the giving and the getting of mentorship is is not not enough attention is paid to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, John, thank you so much for being a guest here on Making Waves at Sea Level. And I say it every time. Thank you to the audience. If it wasn't for you tuning in and listening, why would I even do this podcast? We are just weeks away from episode number 600. So if you like the show, do me a favor. Go leave a, a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast love, wherever you're getting this. Those, those ratings and reviews really matter. But more importantly, go and tell somebody about the show because I run into people who listen or I hear from them online. And I always ask back, how, how did you ever find my little podcast? And the number one answer is a friend told me, my boss told me, someone else told me. And I, I just started listening. And you know I keep keep coming back for more. So if you don't tell somebody, They won't know, and I won't get the extra listener. So go tell somebody right now. No, I'll wait. Okay, that was good. Thank you. All right, we'll be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as John Castleman. And I know you're thinking, Tom, how is that ever possible? But we do it every time. But in the meantime, go out there and make some waves of your own. Flex those entrepreneurial muscles. Make sure that your career ladder is against the right wall, because I spent a long time climbing that career ladder, and it was in the wrong place. Don't do that. But while you're out there, try some new things. Have fun. Go have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger.